0: Martius over for Petrangelo, right for Eichel, he shoots
1: and scores!
2: Off the bar it is! Tie game, Jack... Play goal! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Live! LVSportsNetwork.com.
1: Stone sets up Michael across the line. Left wing barbershop. Stone in front shot. Score on the rebound. First try got stopped. Second time gets through.
2: This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your home for access with the
1: team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace.
0: Welcome in, Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the...
1: How's it going, you guys, with the uh, the absence of action around the Vegas Golden Knights? This, this feels like an eternity... With three days off, uh, not packaged around any type of holiday, that is just a, a mid-season
0: break. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a, a little bit of an adjustment for sure. Just uh, trying to figure out what exactly to do with, uh, with my evenings. Obviously, hockey's still at the forefront, but not in the same way that it would be if the Golden Knights were playing. So to say that I'm excited for a game tomorrow uh, would be kind of an understatement at this point.
1: Yeah, getting uh, back into the swing of things and then you've got three games and four nights so there won't be much time to uh, think about uh, everything that uh, went on over the last couple of days which includes some really good practice time for the Vegas Golden Knights and has offered up uh, a couple of returns on the horizon between Aiden Hill and uh, 10 defensemen on the ice at practice this week. Uh, Caden Korzak back in a regular colored sweater. Daniil Mirmanov out there skating with the, the regular group Group, uh, in a red sweater coming off the off-season surgery, uh, coupled with uh, some developments up front uh, with Will Carrier and uh, and William Carlson uh, out of the lineup. So it's it's been a, a good time in the sense of to, there are a lot of moving parts uh, to grasp onto and to digest uh, all the different uh, wheels that are in motion uh, between games. Uh, Vegas last playing on the weekend against the New York Islanders, and then they will suit up tomorrow against the Colorado Avalanche and then home on Thursday against the Boston Bruins, uh, that's got to be one of the tougher back-to-backs <laughs> in the National Hockey League. But it's, uh, it's going to be a fun challenge because you've got uh, the necessary rest, recovery, and practice to go in, so it gives you a, a, a little bit more of a leg up than we saw in the case of that team before Christmas and then limping through the, the holidays. Uh, the idea that they've been able to dial in their game a little bit uh, more than this week uh, offers up uh, some intrigue in,
0: as far as what we're going to see tomorrow night in the Mile High City. Yeah, you're, you're right on the money there. It's just for the Golden Knights, it's been so rare, right, that they've had even back-to-back days where they've been able to put in full effort in terms of a practice or a full slate in terms of a practice. So uh, getting those two days leading into, as you mentioned, probably – the toughest back-to-back scenario you're going to see in the league all season long in Colorado against the Avalanche 24 hours later back home in Vegas against the Boston Bruins for the Golden Knights. They're going to have to lean on kind of the the details that they were able to sharpen up over the last couple of days.
1: We'll get to Bruce Cassidy. I want to play Bruce in this first segment, in the 4 o'clock hour uh, today, just for the uh, opportunity to play off what he says. Uh, a lot of times we'll paraphrase and we'll allude to it, and then we'll bring you the full media availability in hour number two. But there's just uh, so much going on. Uh, dialing in their game and players being available and absences today, Uh, and you can add Logan Thompson into that. Uh, But before we get to uh, what Bruce had to say, uh, 10-game night in the National Hockey League, and you've got uh, the likes of the Toronto Maple Leafs who are going off the... uh, Big win uh, on the California road trip in which they were able to sweep. And the signing of William Nylander at the extension. The league-leading Winnipeg Jets are on the ice. Winnipeg is going good. Uh, Edmonton uh, out for an eighth straight victory. Uh, Seattle trying to move up the standings. Uh, The Kings and the Lightning. Two teams that have had a bit of a speed wobble. Vancouver, uh, an opportunity to sweep mm-hmm. uh, the Rangers and the Islanders. There's some very intriguing games uh, going tonight uh, around uh, the National Hockey League. And it's one of those nights where it, there, you can find a reason that's compelling for all ten games. There's not the one of those dog games where you're like, why would why would I watch that? Even the Ottawa Senators against the Calgary Flames, two teams that have mm-hmm. massively underachieved. The the chatter about the that game is about uh, who could p- potentially be available and which team, uh, with high hopes coming into the season, will. Part ways with some of their pieces, or will they hold on and try to uh, make a a bit of a push down the second half of the season? Because all is not lost. Uh, Ottawa has just played the fewest games in the National Hockey League. Uh, Mm -hmm. I keep waiting for them to to sort of get it going and get it going in the in the right direction and make uh, a bit of a push. But this this is going to be a fantastic fun night uh, around the Millard household in the in my hockey (laughs) office.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by the Edmonton Oilers going for an eighth consecutive victory, which would be really astounding considering they've already put together an eight-game win streak under Chris Knobloch. So it would, if they do get the victory tonight against the Connor Bedard-less Chicago Blackhawks, then that would be two eight-game win streaks in their last 25 games played. Uh, that should give you an idea of where the Oilers are right now.
1: Uh, I don't bet on hockey. But there's a couple of games that are intriguing to me tonight, not because of uh, who could win or lose the games. I think it's fairly mm-hmm. obvious going into these uh, couple of games. But where, where my interest is, like, Toronto hosts San Jose. Yeah. Uh, they just met, actually, last week uh, in, in San Jose, a couple of weeks uh, or a couple of days ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Quick turnaround. But uh, the Sharks have lost 10 games, and, and it's in regulation, all 10 games. So they're one of those uh, slumps that we saw in the early part of the, uh, the season. And Toronto is now f- rid of all distraction with the Nylander. Uh, and then you've got Edmonton on the road against Chicago. Who scores more goals tonight? Is it the Maple Leafs at home to the Sharks, or is it the Oilers up against the Blackhawks? And I'll throw one more option in there. The Jets, with eight wins in their last ten, they don't allow any goals against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So Oilers, Jets, or Maple Leafs, all with big, uh, advantages against the opposition tonight. Who who ends up having one of those big just put all
0: those points in your pocket? Okay, well I, I feel like the right answer here is Toronto at home. But any time I want to put my faith in the Toronto Maple Leafs, they let me down. So I'm going to go Edmonton on the road in Chicago against the Blackhawks. Like, listen, I know Chicago beat Calgary, but the Edmonton Oilers are not the Calgary Flames. I think the Oilers are going to roll, and I think it's going to be one of those big nights for Connor McDavid as well.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't sleep on the Winnipeg Jets because of what they've been able to do with Shifley. Boy, has he been a beast uh, lately and uh, they've got that new look top line with Winnipeg Jets who, oh, look over there uh, the team that Vegas dispatched in a gentleman's sweep last year is now on top of the National Hockey League uh, and they're at home against the, the Columbus Blue Jackets and yeah, the the easy choice, first blush choice mm-hmm. is Edmonton Like, if if Connor McDavid is going to put up a crazy number, this should be it Uh, Against and we should mention Connor Bedard and his absence doesn't really mean much to whether or not Connor McDavid's (laughs) going to put up points. It's it's not like Connor Bedard is a defensive specialist who's been around for. 15 years like Patrice Bergeron he's going to win draws and keep the pocket games to you or anything like that so my, my my thinking that McDavid is headed for a big night has nothing to do with the fact that uh, Bedard is out uh, the, the Maple Leafs uh, coming home off a road trip do you buy into that theory that it's tough coming back for your first game back? Uh, that that could be a, a, a bit of a, a hindrance there. You're right. They, they, every time you put the chips over there, it, it comes up uh, in a, in another uh, slot and, and you watch the, mm-hmm. the dealer take away your money. Uh, but there's, there's some, again, there's 10 games tonight. They all have some kind of intrigue, and the intrigue around those three games is whether or not we're going to get a nine or a ten goal a night from a team on the winning end.
0: Well, I'm just you know considering the fact that the Edmonton Oilers have scored five or more goals in three of their last five games, and McDavid's got ten points in his last five games. Like I'm, I'm leaning into the obvious choice here. I'm absolutely going with the Edmonton Oilers, and, and that's not to take anything away from the Winnipeg no. Jets, who are just playing great hockey. But I think if there's a team poised. To put like eight or nine on the board, it's it's the it's the Edmonton Oilers. Like, who's the most
1: dangerous team in the National Hockey League right now, offensively?
0: Oh man, that's like, I I like Winnipeg a lot. I I still think that when you factor in what they're able to do and the players that they've got, it's it's got to be Edmonton. It's got to be Toronto. Like, you know. It, tampa bay is incredibly gifted offensively as well like they are dangerous they can score a ton of goals but you know the biggest issue for tampa has been kind of keeping the puck out of the net at times this year so um i and then and then like i can't really fault anybody for going to the vancouver canucks like that's a team that's just absolutely dominating offensively all season so i i mean between edmonton vancouver and winnipeg uh you're hard-pressed to find many better teams that are are equipped to put the puck in the back of the net.
1: It's tough to, to judge a book by its cover because there's always a twist inside in Chapter 13. And Columbus, despite a terrible year, they're in the top half of the league when it comes to goals scored. That may help you in the idea that uh, Winnipeg is going to score a bunch of goals because it might get into a a rare track meet with the Winnipeg Jets who don't allow the opposition to have much. Would it surprise you that Edmonton and Toronto are 12-13 and when it comes to goals scored? This is total goals scored, and there's a slight uh, gap between most games played and uh, and fewest games played, but it's not as much as there was earlier this year. But Edmonton and Toronto aren't even in the top 10 when it comes to goals scored in the National Hockey League. Winnipeg is, and Winnipeg's missing their top goal scorer. Uh, The Vancouver Canucks are at the very top. Nobody scored more goals than the Vancouver Canucks, (laughs) and I didn't even put them in this because they're playing the New York Islanders, which... Uh, tend to be a little more sticky when it comes to surrendering chances. So uh, you, you go with uh, what the sexy pick is, and a lot of that has to do with the opposition. Like uh, the Chicago Blackhawks aren't going to do anything, uh, and they're facing the Edmonton Oilers, which have vaunted to offense, which has finally clicked into gear. Uh Chicago's not gonna keep track and you try to break their will uh a little bit earlier the San Jose Sharks are the lowest scoring team in the NHL. So even though mm. Toronto is middle of the pack ish, uh they should have a chance there.
0: Yeah, I you know it's funny because you're you're looking at or at least I'm looking at right now the Vancouver Canucks, as you said as you mentioned, the best team in the league in terms of putting the puck in the back of the net. Um, and then you got Colorado right behind them, yeah. right? <laughs> with with 152 goals in 41 games, and you know, I, I my initial thought didn't go to Colorado either. Like I, I I thought Vancouver. It is surprising to me that the Edmonton Oilers are are just outside the top 10 in terms of total goals scored, but they've also made up a lot of ground considering that it was not a good start to the year for them offensively. So I I would I would imagine by the time it's all said and done, the Oilers will be in the top 10 in, in terms of total offense. And um, you know, as, as you mentioned with Columbus, like that is a bit surprising to me though. I, I do remember, and, and you, you kind of pull certain memories over the course of the season, the Columbus blue jackets have been involved in some track meets. They just have, they, they have kind of opened things up. They've been able to find uh, some goal scoring here and there too. So I, I, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're pushing me in the right direction here. Maybe it will be the Winnipeg Jets. Maybe if there's a team that puts up more than six goals tonight, it's the Winnipeg Jets and not the Edmonton Oilers. We'll see
1: because it's intriguing when you look at that and you also look at guys who want their cookies, right? That plays a role <laughs> in this. Guys get dressed and they look at the <laughs> other team's roster and they know the Chicago Blackhawks are hitting that point of the season where all is lost and they don't have the juice, the enthusiasm from Connor Bedard. I, he's not playing a defensive role, but it's still nice to have him mm-hmm. out there with confidence and swagger. And, uh, he almost distracts you from your current situation, which the Chicago Blackhawks are in. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs for sure will be looking at the San Jose Sharks and going, this is an opportunity. There's players who put up points can't wait for these games. They want the win, right? They want to play well, mm-hmm. but then they want to pile up the points. And yeah. just feels like Austin Matthews does that as much as anybody else, including Connor McDavid, with big goal nights. Uh, not just point nights, but big goal nights, uh, having those uh, four goal games and that like and uh, and the Winnipeg Jets are kind of like the new kids in the block and I feel like Winnipeg is just growing into this role of being a Stanley Cup contender right now at the start of the year there is a question whether or not the Winnipeg Jets would be in the Stanley Cup playoffs they've worked mm-hmm. their way through some real challenges from attendance and, and uh, some questions about the market uh, to a couple of players uh, signing a, extensions at the 11th hour before the start of the season, changing their roster uh, in the course of the summer. Uh, Their coach had to step away for a good stretch in the first half of the season and they've managed to get better and better. They got better by way, and and then Kyle Connor being out for a significant uh, number of games. They've had some real challenges and they've come through it uh, on the the right side Uh, and they... uh, do they, acquire, do they stick with the program tonight, or do they say this is an opportunity for the scorers to be able to really go after it in what should be a, a win, but should also offer the opportunity to put up a lot of crooked numbers?
0: You know, I I feel like the Winnipeg Jets, because of where they're at right now, sitting in the top spot of the National Hockey League, I don't know that they're going to change much or push for those cookies. Like, yeah, it'd be great for Mark Shifley to have a big night or, you know, whatever the case might be there with, with Winnipeg. But I think ultimately they're in the business of winning hockey games. They're in the business of just continuing to do what they do. They score enough as it is. They don't give up very much on the other side either and so in that regard i think uh, the the most important points for the winnipeg jets are two points and continuing to push at the top of the of the central division
1: who's more surprising vancouver or winnipeg (laughs) because they've they've got Uh, a similar fashion surprising winnipeg doesn't score as much as vancouver uh Mm -hmm. who just Blitzed everybody at the start of the season with uh, with those big ten and eight goal games, and they they were they've already had point nights. They know what it feels like. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, maybe I should put them into the the group tonight uh, against the New York Islanders. Uh, but I'll hold off on that. Uh, Vancouver's been really good, and they don't give up a lot. Uh, they're mm-hmm. they're very similar in that they both have really strong desires to be. Uh, structured. Uh, Rick Tocchet and Rick Bonus uh, have a similar philosophy with that. They've they've changed their rooms in the last year, and they're they're almost mirror images of each other. But I'm not. It's hard to say. Winnipeg being atop the National Hockey League isn't the bigger surprise, but Vancouver mm. feels like they came from further back.
0: Well, they they absolutely did. I mean, at least with the Vancouver, at least with the Winnipeg Jets, like this, we're talking about a team that made the playoffs last year, right? Yeah. Like them, kind of pushing but went in the out right with direction. the
1: absolute biggest whimper yeah. possible. It
0: it was a massive whimper, and there were changes, obviously, for the Winnipeg Jets in, in the off season. But you know, I think a lot of people, especially when you saw the contract extensions for Mark Scheifele and for Connor Hellebuck, the question was. Does this really make sense for this Winnipeg Jets team? And right now, the way that it's going, it absolutely does. You've got a goaltender that that you can rely on over the next four or five years, and Mark Scheifele playing some of the best hockey of his life. And they're also doing this without Kyle Connor in the lineup. Like that's important as well, right? So, how good are the Winnipeg Jets really? We we haven't even seen them at the height of their power, and right now they're at the, they're atop the National Hockey League. But when you're talking about a Vancouver Canucks team that. I don't think anybody had on the radar to even be a bubble team right now leading the Pacific Division and having a 4-point cushion over the defending Stanley Cup champions for the top of that division. I think that's probably the the bigger surprise going into this you didn't season have Vancouver based on as a what bubble we team. I I thought that they could push maybe for the playoffs. Like I thought they could be better certainly than they were last year, but I did not expect them to be atop the Pacific Division at any point. No, no, season. not not that, not that part. Yeah.
1: But uh, Calgary and Vancouver were kind of uh, unknowns. Mm-hmm. Both uh, had changed coaches recently. I know Tockett had, uh, had some time last year. Uh, both have good goaltenders. Both have a foundation. Uh, more distractions, I think, in, in Calgary coming into the year because of uh, the the status of players and uh, their contracts. But uh, I had them sort of. They could make the playoffs, uh, but they could also finish well down, and uh, (laughs) Vancouver certainly played uh, their hand properly. Uh, I've got uh, an idea on uh, ice time that I want to get to you guys with. We know how balanced the Vegas Golden Knights are. Mm -hmm. My buddy Jeff Sharples did some work last night in watching the Boston and Colorado game, and he sent me some numbers that will (laughs) blow your mind. That is not even the same universe as how the Vegas Golden Knights play. And we'll get to Bruce Cassidy and his media availability from today. We'll do that after this break. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is going to be fun. Uh, we're going to get into Bruce Cassidy here. He's going to give us some updates on uh, the roster and availabilities, uh, as well as looking forward to this next uh, three games in 4 nights stretch. And whenever Bruce talks, uh, uh, he teaches you about the game. But there's a little extra uh, included in this as we bring in Bruce, and then we'll dissect uh, what he had to say after on the VGK Insider Show.
0: Uh, back in, in, Colorado, in Boston That's a tough
2: yeah, I watched their game last night. It was a good hockey game, went back and forth. Colorado, I mean, either team could have won, but they had some good chances late to win it. They didn't convert, but uh, got it in the shootout. So, again, two strong teams that uh, real no no real weaknesses in their group. Um, the one thing Colorado did do is they were really rela- heavy minutes for their top guys. Uh, so we can expect that again tomorrow, I'm sure. i have got to be prepared for that, that we make them work for every inch of ice if they're going to play that much and hopefully take advantage of situations if there is fatigue but we got to be ready they're world-class players and they can they can hurt you if you take a shift off what does great
0: do make him such a good partner for coming young, young defenseman?
2: well he's predictable so as a, a young guy coming up um, knowing where your partner is all the time he takes care of a lot of the heavy lifting net front um, physicality corner work um I think he's good at putting out fires defensively and by that I mean he has a good stick and he'll he'll block a shot if something breaks down and that's usually goes back to position he's usually in position to do that. I think he's a calming influence he's a if you know Naber at all he's not this outwardly vocal you know he's kind of workman like I guess so I think when you're a, a partner like that he's probably very calm when he's talking to you. Um, all around good guy. So I just think you're naturally going to gravitate to those guys and it uh, gives you a little bit of confidence. Now that you have most of the defense on the back, is it, is it harder when you get hit with injuries on the defense and the back line versus, uh, say, forwards? Well, I think the closer you get to your net, yes, the more injuries you have. It's a tougher, there's less room for error And usually, if you're bringing in guys and now you're breaking up pairs, there's might be some error through communication through lack of chemistry etc so they'll get more magnified so I, I believe it's tougher um, I think that's why teams always talk about depth on defense you certainly need it up front but I think it's a little easier to plug in a younger guy and if he doesn't have it that night you can hide him you can hide him at home with matchups you can hide him by double shifting a forward it gets tougher to do that with D you know you start getting down to saying well we're just going to play four all night know, that, that can compromise your group. Maybe not that particular night, but over time it can. So th- that's the, the difference. As you go into this,
0: this trip to these next couple games, do you feel better about
2: you obviously having die back? You know, where it well, I thought, I thought Tobias played great, very well the other night. I know the analytics did not necessarily show that, but I thought, you know, his game in particular, he moved the puck, he kept some pucks alive uh, up ice. So he was playing on his toes. Um, yeah, they could have killed a few plays coming into our end, but I mean, no one's perfect. So we'll see where Whitey's at. He's practiced with us now, so he should be good to go. Uh, Cormier, on the other hand, um, younger guy, uh, you know, the, the more he plays, the better usually you get. So he, he's getting an opportunity now with some of our mobile guys out. Um, so we'll have to make a decision if he's the best fit versus Tobias if if Whitey's in. So, um, yeah, I feel better about our our. our our group's health. I, I see Marty's game's coming. He missed some time early. He's been probably one of our steadier guys. So I think some of that is just him getting now the reps every day and he's caught up, so to speak, right, when you miss time. Um, and that'll be Whitey's challenge. You miss time at the start of the year. Uh, it's only a game or two here, but like you got to be careful you don't end up chasing it at that position. And um, the more games you can string together, the better off you're going to be with, with that regard. Um, Logan,
0: was not out there
2: He's sick today. So I don't believe he'll travel, which leads us to uh, tomorrow. The next question, Hill versus Patera. Uh, Hilly's practice was all, all week. I believe he'll be clear to play. Uh, we'll get that final determination in the morning.
1: There's Bruce Cassidy and his media availability. And was that uh, enlightening? We get so much uh Teaching and instruction, and behind the scenes of the X's and O's uh, with uh, Bruce Cassidy, uh, that was a little different. Where it uh, a lot of meat and potatoes, just about uh, roster news, and uh, the story about the defenseman is uh, really revealing, and where they're going to go here uh, with the likes. Bjornfoot uh, in uh, and arriving and playing uh, you have Lucas Cormier up uh, he's made the trip uh, to Colorado uh, both players were in the other night and uh, Zach Whitecloud I dissect that a little bit further in a bit but the most significant as far as relates to high profile is mm-hmm. Logan Thompson not being a practice today and Aiden Hill and Yuri Patera being the two goaltenders on the trip, it does sound. Unless something is a setback uh, of any kind, it does really set up to Aiden Hill making his return uh, tomorrow night against the Colorado Avalanche.
0: Yeah, so that's you know that's kind of the big one, right? Is is for Aiden Hill if he's if he's ready to go and he's 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 able to play tomorrow against Colorado. It'll be nice to see Aiden back in net for the Vegas Golden Knights and then obviously it, it kind of leads you into you know a secondary question if you get Aiden Hill uh tomorrow night in Colorado it then begs the question about that back-to-back situation against the Boston Bruins I don't know that you you go in a similar way as to what Bruce Cassidy had coming out of the Christmas break where you go with the same goaltender in both of those games but Um, I I do think that it it is an interesting wrinkle because we were looking at, okay, well, if if Logan Thompson's playing and he's available, then, you know, maybe the better spot for Aiden Hill is on Thursday against Boston. But as you know, when it comes to plans, um, it it can be flexible, it can be malleable, and then it looks more and more like it's going to be Aiden Hill tomorrow. If it
1: is Aiden Hill against the Avalanche? Mm Mm-hmm. I will play against the Boston Bruins before Aiden goes back to back <laughs> yeah uh, the yeah, next not a chance against the Boston Bruins and uh, there's no chance of, of of me playing but they will go to the end of the earth before mm-hmm. Aiden Hill uh, being uh, out a month uh, or more. Uh, it's more than a month because he came back uh, and only played the uh, couple of minutes against the mm-hmm. Ottawa Senators, uh, being out uh, a couple of weeks previous to that. Uh, they're, they're not going to uh, go down the path of playing him in, in back-to-back nights. So uh, if, if he does play tomorrow night, it will be uh, either Patera, or Logan Thompson. Now, hopefully, the <laughs> Logan Thompson uh, illness isn't that bad, uh, and he's able to after uh, a day off today, and feels a lot better tomorrow, or feels mm-hmm. a lot better coming back on on Thursday, and uh, and he's able to go if 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 Logan is able to. Back up then he then I think he plays. Uh, that's that's Bruce Cassidy's mantra. If you, if you can dress, you can play. Uh, so sure. I would think that this turn now turns into Aiden Hill, uh, Logan Thompson on Wednesday, Thursday, and then you're set up for uh, uh, an opportunity with days between games uh, on a on a five game homestand, uh, a chance to not. I don't think Aiden Hill plays all five. Uh, or, or runs the table for the final four uh, but uh, of those games. But I think there's a good chance he can end up playing three out of those four as they try to get him some work uh, before the, the road trip that goes into the uh, All-Star break, which will include two sets of, of back-to-backs. Uh, mm-hmm. So I would anticipate them splitting there. So uh, I think that it, it is pretty good uh, in the sense of being able to get Aiden Hill into a bit of a group before the All-Star break.
0: Yeah, I think that's going to be huge, right? Like, obviously the the, the big thing for Aiden is to get into, uh, into a game, and, and certainly as we've kind of talked about here with, with Logan going into the year, you want to get into the game and you want to finish the game uh, that's objective number one for Aiden Hill. But from there, once you're through that hurdle, it's really about getting Aiden back up I- I- to into his rhythm and playing to the to the level that he was at the beginning of the year before he got hurt because we, we've marveled at how well Aiden had played uh, when he's been healthy for the Golden Knights this season. And it has been more of a continuation from what we saw in the postseason last year than anything else. So if you get your... Uh two NHL goaltenders back into their rhythm in a rhythm that that really helped them both play well. Um, it's best case scenario for the Golden Knights going into the bye week.
1: I tell you what, a much bigger unknown is who we're going to see on the blue line tomorrow night. That's I, I really yeah, don't know.
0: Fair. Yeah, well, it, it's it's interesting, right? Because I I feel like Bruce Cassidy over the last couple of days has kind of gone out of his way to. Really reinforced that Tobias Bjornfoot's debut with the Vegas Golden Knights was a solid debut, and I agree with Bruce Cassidy in his assessment. I thought Bjornfoot was... Uh, really in the right place at the right time more often than not. I think he made some really good plays. He was quick in in terms of his decision making. Got pucks out of his own zone quickly. So uh, those are aspects that I liked in Bjorn foot's game. the The question becomes is you know you look at the Golden Knights. They're healthy on the left side, right? You got Alec Martinez. You got Braden McNabb You got Nick Hague. Those are typically your left side left shot defensemen. So it's kind of hard to crack in there now with Lucas Cormier coming in, playing well alongside Brayden McNabb, I think that Cormier's earned himself another look, at least uh, for the Golden Knights, because of the skill set that he brings to the table. But um, I I could see it going into a situation where if Zach Whitecloud is healthy and ready to go, you got Hague and Whitecloud back together, you roll out McNabb and and Cormier for another game, and then you lean on Martinez and Petrangelo to be your everything pair. And you've got Korzak knocking mm-hmm. on the door.
1: He's out of the red yep. sweater. Uh, I think uh, that is a great sign. And it's huge. Uh, you, you've. Uh, I, I don't know how um, much of a hindrance the upper body uh, injury is to Zach Whitecloud. Uh, how much that uh, prevents him. Uh, obviously, he missed the, the game against the New York Islanders. But there's uh, there's a few different looks. Uh, Braden Pahal is is with the team mm-hmm. as well. There's a lot of different looks, which is something that uh, you would not be surprised at when you consider they had 10 defensemen on the ice this mm-hmm. week.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and that's really... You know, kind of the big story, right, is that for the Golden Knights, you're, you're still down Shea Theodore, and that's a, a massive hole on the back end. But you're starting to get some of those players back, or at least sightings of those players that filled in well for the Golden Knights when Shea Theodore originally went down. I'm talking specifically about Caden Korzak. If Korzak did not get injured... I think that things ha- would have been pretty stable on the blue line for the Golden Knights for the most part because Korzak really did fill that role well alongside Braden McNabb for the Golden Knights. So I'm curious to see when Korzak is is like ready to go if he's immediately inserted back into the lineup in that spot and how long you kind of roll with that. But as you mentioned, the Golden Knights right now have 10 defensemen and there's opportunity, I think, for a lot of them to get some playing time here in the interim. And they'll have to make some decisions so
1: when it comes to uh, players of, that are, have to be resigned, uh, reassigned uh, sorry, uh, or uh, exposed to waivers. Uh, Bjornfoot uh, was acquired uh, through that process. So uh, as, all of a sudden you go from uh, really trying to fill in some needs on the back end because you're down so many players to having to make difficulty choices and and the, the potential risk that you might lose one of these valuable pieces.
0: I mean, when you look at the Golden Knights lineup, assuming Zach Whitecloud's ready to go, like you've got five out of your six spots, right? It's really looking at that slot on the right side alongside Braden McNabb that you're trying to fill in the best way possible. And, and that's why I think you look at it as, you know, uh, a shot for Cormier uh, or Korzak if he's healthy and ready to go. Like, those are kind of the two that I think are, are leading the charge for the Golden Knights right now. But again, I say that fully acknowledging that I was impressed by Tobias Bjornfoot And I want to see more of him for the Golden Knights moving forward.
1: Yeah, you, you, you know the player a little bit. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know the name more than you know the player. And I think some of that could be said by Cormier if you're not a regular follower of the Henderson Silver Knights and you go out and you play a really good game, you would like to see uh, more of that or uh, another um, exposure to that player's game and and what they can bring. Uh, But then you've also got the reality that some of your veteran players are getting a little healthier and Mm. they were in the lineup ahead like Bjornfeldt's not here without injuries to Korzak and Hutton, and uh, go down the list and Theodore uh, and and uh, White Cloud uh, being being a little banged up. Uh, Lucas Cormier is not recalled without all of that uh, happening. Uh, it's great that they did, and where where I think it it has a an impact is what you do in two months. March eighth is the National Hockey League trade deadline. When you come up on March eighth, have the players within your organization that uh, were uh, thrust into the lineup? Did they do enough to make you think? If anything happens to our top six, our top seven, our top eight, are mm-hmm. can we can we put these players in, or do we need more depth? Uh, And uh, I think that that's where a lot of questions are being answered or have been answered uh, throughout this season with that defense core in particular.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point because for the Golden Knights, I I think that, you know, we've kind of talked about this team and and the the basis, the backbone of, of their identity is is keeping the puck out of the back of the net. and We know how good they are when they've got their top six defense in the lineup. We also know how great Ben Hutton has been in that role of seventh defenseman. We've seen Caden Korzak take on more responsibility and shine in those moments as a like-for-like um Player That can go in for a skill set with Shea Theodore out of the lineup. So I think you're moving in that right direction, right? Like you're talking about, you know, a team that's got at eight defensemen deep that you feel like you can, you can count on. Braden Pahal was with the team during the playoff run. He's played some, some meaningful minutes for the Golden Knights this season and, and has a different flavor than Caden Korzak, so so maybe you're nine. And you know, the question, is, as you posed, is if there are issues or injuries at all for the Golden Knights after the trade deadline or into the playoffs, do you trust in those players to come in and fill that role that they need to fill? That's going to be a fascinating thing to find out over the next 22-plus games. And if you feel comfortable with that, mm-hmm. then you're not giving up any assets to
1: bring somebody else in. And right. you're allowed to grow from within, which is great for the organization as you draft and you develop uh, and you turn these pieces into uh, bigger roles. Uh, a year ago, Korzak, uh played the, the month of January. Uh, and then was back down, but he was part of the taxi squad. Lucas Cormier was a part of the taxi squad uh, throughout the, the Stanley Cup playoffs, and uh, Braden Mahal got into some action but uh, was predominantly part of the uh, uh, main group that was that was skating and back and forth with the, with the taxi squad. They got great uh, looks and exposure to what happens. Uh, that, com- combined with what we've witnessed already this year, with their auditions might mean that there's no reason to acquire anything on, on the back end and they can focus on uh up front and there's some questions right now uh mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like william carlson's going to be uh, around for the next little bit uh I, I don't know what the status of will carrier is so maybe mm-hmm. you can uh look at those uh, uh areas uh, grigory denisenko is up so he's getting a good look but there's there's uh, Less heat on the back end, which there was a lot of a week ago. Sure, when it comes yeah. to just trying to fill out your roster with an NHL caliber lineup. Uh, now, now it's uh, flowing towards the, the the front end.
0: Yeah, and and you know you can't really to kind of start that conversation without acknowledging the work of, of Kelly McCrimmon in terms of bringing in Tobias Bjornfoot in, in, getting Lucas Cormier up uh, for some action, because I, I think that, you know, you, you look at the, the blue line for the golden Knights, it had been decimated by injury and you're just trying to make the right moves at the right time in order to provide the help that you need to kind of get yourself through. And I think that McCrimmon did a great job doing that. Now, from that aspect, now you do turn your attention to a degree to up front to the forwards because you know with William Carlson out of the lineup you're you're not just missing out on you know another center iceman that does so much for you but he's your third leading scorer right like it's a lot of production that you have to find a way to to replace by committee or at least get close to by committee so I'm interested to see how things shake out for the Golden Knights up front again as we talk about over the next 20 or so games leading up to the trade deadline because you know I think if you're looking at the team you're, you're maybe looking at if you're adding anything it's going to be up front uh, for uh, an already deep Golden Knights team
1: I'm excited about these next two games you've got two mm. really good teams with different skill sets One's a yeah. little bit deeper. One uh, relies on a lot more balance in the Boston Bruins. Plays a different style. And then you've got the top loaded, front end loaded, uh, just let it go. And the foot mm-hmm. is on the floor the whole time. And uh, and they ride their number one goaltender. They ride their top defenseman. They certainly play the heck out of their top six forwards. Uh, it's, it's very different looks, and you're going to see them in the matter of, uh, of two nights. So it's it's going to be fun to watch. I'll give you a, a little more on the the difference between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche uh, as we continue in hour number two. Also tee up uh, what you're going to hear from. Uh, news and notes, uh, one-timers, and a little bit more on the Vegas Golden Knights and uh, their approach coming off this three-day break. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Ten games in the National Hockey League tonight. A game's already underway, and that point night that we were speculating about is underway with the Toronto Maple Leafs, who have an early 2-0 lead against the San Jose Sharks. Austin Matthews has broken through the 30-goal mark uh, with his 31st (laughs) of the season, and we'll see how much the Toronto Maple Leafs can add on to this early advantage against the San Jose Sharks. You know, uh, Martin Jones, people uh, do have fun with him around here because he has trouble, uh, certainly Mm -hmm. historically, against the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, That under-the-radar signing in the summer has come out to be one of not saving the Toronto Maple Leaf season, uh, but mm-hmm. has certainly stopped them from having a significant slide uh, as Martin Jones has stepped in and, uh, and done a great job without uh, Sam being available or Wall uh, being on the ice.
0: Yeah, uh, the the name of the game in the in the National Hockey League is depth, right? And, you know, you don't necessarily think about that signing of Martin Jones in the summer as, as one that's going to uh, kind of push you in, in the right direction there. But he's been fantastic for Toronto, and uh, the Leafs have, have really kind of found their stride. And William Nylander, uh, right on the heels of a big contract extension, has two assists in the game. So good for him.
1: I still don't know whether or not that's going to work. I had a great talk with Justin <laughs> Williams, uh the Mr. Game 7. Uh, today yes. on the chair yes. podcast and uh, we went around the national he's doing some analyst work uh, with sports net uh, so we discussed mm-hmm. uh, becoming a commentator he's also a special advisor to the uh, columbus or the uh, carolina hurricanes so that's unique mm-hmm. that he's part of a team and is also on a national network uh, uh, talking about it but uh, he's smart enough he's able to walk uh, and uh, navigate uh, sometimes uh, those tricky uh, journeys, uh, but with the, the four players that uh, are scheduled to make a boatload of money uh, and four forwards uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, he had uh, a couple of interesting things to say. Uh, I just wonder whether or not Toronto takes off from now uh, because the the contract's done and there's no distraction uh, or any type of uh, questions being asked about what's Neilan are you going to do? Uh, how's it? Mm-hmm. Uh, how's it going to to work? Is he is going to be with the organization long term? They've settled that, uh, and uh, Justin doesn't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Uh, but uh, I, I'm I'm going to just sit back and wait a little bit on on that. But uh, the the other side of it. Uh, when you when you talk about good opportunities, uh, Seattle Kraken uh, playing tonight, mm-hmm. and uh, they look like they've uh, uh, turned a bit of a corner uh, within their yeah. organization. We have two pairs of tickets to see the Golden Knights against the Nashville Predators on Monday, Martin Luther King Day. It's an afternoon game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will give those away in our number two. Plus, the numbers from the Colorado Avalanche and how they compare to the Vegas Golden Knights it's not even like the two teams are in the same sport. <laughs> that's how dramatically different the coaches yeah. utilize the talent. And uh, they're not wrong. Like, one's not right, one's not wrong. It's just different in how you uh, yeah. distribute the ice time. Uh, that's all coming up. Uh, hour number two the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas continues.